Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, the, the final week of the Night State Sports Show Football Edition for, for 2021. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again, uh, former football coach in the Granite State, Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing? Did you have a, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did, but I think as I was telling you before the podcast, Joe, I, I'm pretty sure I'm still full. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that means, but uh, <laughs> I think it means I ate too much. You know, you, you got to leave some turkey for everyone else in the family too. Yeah, no, I know that's fair. It's those are those would be better ground rules to live by in the future. Well, as always, uh, well, I, I guess not as always. I mean, you can still send us questions and feedback. Uh, about the shows um but we as i said this is our last one of 2021 so uh it might be a while until we get to respond but anyways uh you can send us emails at nh or yeah nh high school sports at gmail.com or on twitter at nhhs sports um yeah and uh this is uh gonna be our last show for for 2021 we're gonna wrap up the uh the football season uh talk about some things that um you know that that we liked about this year that we were maybe a little um, unsatisfied with or disappointed with about this year. Um, some general overall thoughts, and and uh, we'll probably even take a little look ahead into uh, to twenty twenty two. Some things are coming up uh, real soon down the road with um, in terms of division alignments and all that. But but we'll get into that. But um, to start off, I you know since um, last. Thursday was Thanksgiving. Um, you know, when I when I sent out um, the email to you, Mike, uh, my first question in it was, uh, what were you most thankful for from the 2021 football season? Uh, figure, if we, see if we got any leftovers uh, from Thursday there. What, what did you, uh, what were you glad to see happen this year? You know, I, I think there's a couple of things. Um, if I could, if I could go with more than one. Of course. Um, and be unconventional here, but uh, I think the first thing is uh, I was grateful that I got to get out and see some games yeah. for me personally. Yeah. Um, you know, we we did the podcast last year, and a lot of that because of the the restrictions at the various locales and, and rules that the schools and SAUs had put in place. You're going off of what you're hearing and maybe what you're seeing on film a little bit or whatever. And it, it, it felt so much better for me this year. It felt more authentic to be commenting on players that I've seen and, and games that I've gone to and things. So I, I was. it felt so good to get back to seeing some games this year. Um, I was really grateful for that. Um, but I, 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 think, I think the other thing that I was really thankful for this year is that it, it really was uh, an entertaining and competitive season. You know, uh, so many times we mentioned – especially as the season was coming down to the end of the wire, you know, week eight, week nine, that, um, you know, a lot of it was really wide open. I mean, maybe not necessarily who was going to slot into the, into the playoff teams, but how the playoffs were then going to proceed that, that in, in a lot of the divisions, there wasn't sort of a clear cut path, you know? Um, and, and so I thought that was, that was a lot of fun. It, it made for an entertaining season. Um, you know, it, it was hard to be able to just sort of hitch your, your star to a particular bandwagon and go. Um, and, and I think that's what makes New Hampshire high school football a lot of fun in a lot of cases. Yeah, there definitely weren't, um, you know, I was just trying to think real quick when you, when you were saying that about, about how competitive it was, I don't recall being at a ton of games this year that, um, you know, that ended up being mercy rule games. I know there were, 
I mean, there were a couple, but they were games that, it, you know, where it necessarily wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like one team got up 40 to nothing at halftime. Um, that, I mean, I know there were plenty of those games, especially when you get down into to Division Three and Division Four. Uh, but, um, you know, I just, I, I didn't end up at a lot of those. And, and some years you you do that, you know, you think you think a game is going to be close and it ends up not being close. Uh, but this year, yeah, I did, I felt like I saw a lot of games that were, we're very competitive, um, you know, and, and I, I, I put a note in here, too. I, I'm, I'm pretty thankful that um, we were able to make it through the year. Um, I know, obviously, this was a lot different uh, than a year ago, like you said, um, you know, in terms of uh, fans being allowed into games and, and the number of games being played and, and all the precautions that were in place in 2020, um, not nearly as many of those in 2021. Um, you know, we still had some games get, get canceled, but, um, I mean, we made it through to the end and, um, you know, I think until this is completely cleared up, and especially as we go in indoors for the winter season here, I think, I think any, any time we can now make it through a season and, and you don't have teams that are dropping off. Like I don't, you know, we didn't have any teams. I feel like that, that, um, if I'm remembering correctly, that had any, I mean, definitely not in the playoffs. No one had to forfeit any games. Um, everyone made it through the season, you know, if, if, if they didn't, it wasn't because of COVID. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm thankful that we were able to, to navigate that, you know, despite the, the bumps in the road with, with not knowing what to do with those, um, those games that had been canceled. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a, a, a somber topic, especially given, I, I don't know if you saw, but I just read maybe an hour or so ago on Twitter that, uh, the NHIA decided to cancel yeah, the indoor track that. season. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, so, yeah, I wasn't going to take, that was the most obvious one, right? It was, hey, we got through it. We had a season, but I was like, it's Joe's yeah. show. I'm not going to take the, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to take the, the most obvious one here. Uh, I'll let Joe do that. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you read stuff like that. And I mean, you know, you can't take for granted the fact that we had a season and, I mean, last year there were programs that shut it down completely. You think of Pinkerton, you think of Conval. Uh, there were one or two other teams that just shut it down last year. Yeah, right. Um, or, or again, like this indoor track situation where the entire sport is shut down for for the so, second year now. Yeah, this is now two years in a row. Right. So it's you know, it's keeping that in perspective. I think is a, is a big deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, and I think I think last year, you you know, maybe at times we talked about, you know, or maybe it was early this year. Um, I know I definitely uh, spoke with coaches about it in the preseason. But, you know, if there was anything that came out of, of the, the COVID um, changes that um, that, you know, we wanted to see stick around. And I, I don't know if this is specifically a COVID thing, but obviously there were more Thursday night games this year. And, and, you know, thinking about that, like, man, I would love to see going forward if there was a planned, like, um, you know, thir- Thursday night game or maybe like a Division One and a Division Two Thursday night game. You know, I did a couple of them this year and, and it made for a busier week because, you know, Friday night, Saturday night or Saturday day football game. I mean, it, it's a it's a lot of work. Um you know, just because of the the setup and the length of games and and just all the things that involved in it behind the scenes, um, you know, so adding another night to that is is tough, uh, especially when you gotta you know gotta get up and do stuff on Friday. Um, yeah. You know, but it's so it was a lot of fun doing the couple of Thursday night games that I did this year. Um, 
So I hope that's something that, that kind of sticks around. You know, if we can, you know, have, have these pre-planned so you go into the year knowing that, like, oh, okay, yeah, we got this this week's, the you know, huge Thursday night matchup. And I think it's good for for the, the promoting the sport a little bit, too. I mean, not that, you know, football gets a ton of it anyways, but but still you're throwing – it's a night that, that you're throwing your program out there uh, and everyone is looking at it. Right. No, it's a, it's a good point. And I, I do think there's a chance that we may see more of that because – I think I had heard at one point, you know, you and I were on the show at the beginning of the season talking about these uh, anomalous Thursday night games, right? I think Bishop Brady had a number of them, and, uh, you know, we were just looking at that saying, wow, that's that's new, right? What the heck is that all about? I think somebody texted me after listening to the show and said, hey, Mike, you, you know, uh, there's a couple different reasons, but one of the main ones is the, the NHIA uh, officials shortage. right. right. And so it made it easier to make sure all the games were staffed right now. I don't know whether that means certain programs volunteered to take Thursday nights or whether the NHIA just sort of scheduled it out based on fields and things like that. But I, I, I would guess unless you see an influx of um, qualified officials into the league that you may continue to see these more spread out uh, sort of anomaly night, you know, or, or day games or whatever. I would imagine that there was a, a busing played into that too, because I remember that that uh, was quite an issue, um, you know, as the season wore on too. In terms, and and that's across all sports that there was an issue with with getting buses and and being able to play at certain times. So I hope you know maybe that'll um, that's something that leads to that as well. Uh, but yeah, it was yeah. like I said, it was a lot of fun um, having those games, and I hopefully it's something that that continues on um, into next year. You made a great point about how it highlights, uh, you know, a certain program on, on a night, right? Because there's nothing else going on that night. So anybody could go see that game. Anybody could go cover that game. And it, and it puts a spotlight directly on that game. And it's, it's um, you know, high school football is one of the most tradition-steeped sports in all the land, right? It's oh, yeah. Friday nights. <laughs> and if you don't have lights, it's Saturday afternoon at 1 or 2, you know, and that's it. But I kind of like that, that – some of the the, um, the weirdness of the last two years has has sort of forced some experiments with the game and with the traditions. And, and I'm a very traditional football guy, you know, through and through. But um, but I, I, I like it too. I, I think it's it's interesting that we've we've had to we've been forced to try some different things. And you know, it it, it gives you an opportunity to test the waters a little bit and see what people respond to and what they don't. So. If anybody's yeah. listening to us that makes those decisions, which they're probably not, but uh, <laughs> you never you know, know. two votes, I, I thought it was kind of cool, too. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, it, it is. It's the Friday night uh, high school football. I mean, it's a big enough thing that, I mean, that's why, isn't that, I believe that's why the NFL is playing Thursday night games instead of Friday night games, because they didn't want right. to take that away from, you know, from, from high school around, uh, around the country. I mean, that's, right. Friday night is a football night. Um, you know, for, for many, many parts of the country, for most of the country. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a big enough deal that, that you got the the biggest league in all the land that, that doesn't play on that night because of it. Um, you know, I also wanted to, you know, I'd asked you too, in our, our, uh, our, our pre-show email here, um, for some of your biggest, what were some of the biggest surprises of this season? And, and when I first wrote that, I was thinking, in terms of teams, but I guess, you know, there's other things that it could have surprised you too. Um, but what, what do you think? What was something or someone or, or something that, that kind of, uh, you know, took you by surprise this year? 
you want to go division by division? We we can go. We can do it however you like. However, I like. Oh, I like that. <laughs> can we go by color and by? <laughs> well, let's go division by division. Okay. I'm gonna. Let's, yeah. Let's start with four and work our way up. Excellent. All right. Uh, or down, I should say, right? Because four is higher than one. Um, division four, it, it, for me, Fall Mountain, Fall Mountain, Fall Mountain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just, j- just. Uh, I mean, again, we've talked a lot of, about them on the show um, through the course of the last four or five weeks or so, as we were sort of rolling into the playoffs and wondering whether they, you know, how far they'd go, would they break in, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, again, that's a program that was down. For, for decades, I mean, they really had almost two decades of of just just bumping along, you know, clawing to be competitive. And uh, not only did they did they have their second playoff berth in two uh, three years, right? Two out of three. Right. Yep. But they had that signature win uh, at Newport, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, who would have guessed? Yeah, that and, one. Uh, I mean, yeah. just that's just an awesome. I think that's an awesome outcome for them. And um, you never want to see one of these teams that's just consistently struggling to be competitive, especially in the environment football's in now. So, for me, that was the Division Four um, surprise of the year. Yeah, I, I think for me too. Um, yeah, I mean, they they hadn't won a playoff game ever until until two or three years ago. No, twenty nineteen. Um, you know, so I mean that, just the way you know, you look at that year too. I think they started zero and two, and then won, you know, seven in a row to reach the final. This year they started one and two and two and three, with all three of those uh, losses against the other what ended up being the other four playoff teams. You know, and they had to win on the the last week of the season just to get into the playoffs. Um, yeah, and then to go on a road and, and on the road and beat Newport, um, you know, in a game that I don't think too many people outside of fall mountain gave them a chance to win um no, def- definitely, nobody. yeah definitely a great story there and you know you know summer's worth too um you know i know we will probably look at back at them and say oh yeah they were they were a wagon you know they were what nine and one won nine games in a row but i mean that for that program i mean that's their first championship since 97 uh you know so i mean that um that too was i'm not maybe not so much a surprise because i think we expected them to be to be there, uh, but definitely a great story for them to get that title. Yeah. A small footnote in history, I did coach against that 97 team. <laughs> <laughs> it was my, my first year ever coaching high school football, and I'm pretty sure they murdered us. So <laughs> that was a good team. And I believe if I if I have my dates right, and when I talked to uh, Ryan Francora at Winnicott a couple weeks ago, um, I think he played for that team. Um Either ninety six or ninety seven, one of the champion, or maybe both championship teams. I think I've got that right. I apologize if I don't. Um, huh. But yeah, interesting. Uh, wow, a lot of lot of connections there. Huh? Yeah. All right. So how about how about Division three? What was maybe uh, what what opened your eyes there? You know, so Division three is a, har- a much harder one. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's the hardest one of the of the four divisions for me anyway when I'm looking at it. So I I'm gonna take a slightly different approach to this. I think it was a surprise to me that nobody was a surprise. <laughs> and by that okay. I mean Pelham kind of ripped through that schedule um and, and and dominated. And in years past in Division Three, 
you've had these programs that have come up and and nipped the favorite, you know, uh, yeah. you know, in 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 the form of like Monadnox and Campbells and uh, Trinity and and these other teams, right? There's been a good power base there in the past, I think, and it, it was just it, it was just like a a mauling. It felt. Um, so I think I was most surprised by maybe the better way to put that is I was most surprised by the, the absolute dominance that Pelham showed, not because I didn't believe that Pelham was the best team in the division from day one. I did, but there's a history there. Uh, I forget, I forget going back, but if you think about a couple of these little upsets that have taken place in the championship game at UNH a couple years in a row there where the, you know, the favorite got beat and it was a tight game and all this stuff. I, I can't remember. It was like Manadnock Campbell at one point. Oh, even going back further, um, I think. But, but there was none of that this year. It was just a, it was just a mauling. <laughs> and so that surprised me a little bit. Yeah. I, I would say, I, I think uh, for me, it was, um, it was probably Kearsarge, um, you know, getting into the playoffs. Um, you know, that had been a program that didn't, that didn't play last year. Um, that I think, you know, their senior class had won maybe like two games. Uh, before this season, yeah, you know, they, they started the year off zero and two, losing a game uh, to open against Campbell on a, I think in a in a situation where you know if they'd played that game at the end of the year, maybe it was a little different, um, you know. And then they got they got uh, as you said mauled by by Pelham uh, in their second game of the year, and then they had one that game against Manad not canceled, so not a great start to the year. Um, but you know, then they finish winning out and and getting into the playoffs. So, you know, a nice turnaround there. Um, you know, from from Cody Anderson and and, and his group. Um, you and know, you got to see them live this I year. Did, yeah, and, and you were really games. impressed with them. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed, especially you know, I I I did end up going up there. I think believe it was their homecoming game. Um, so it was a it was a nice crowd. Um, but it's it certainly didn't feel like a program that that had been on the hard times that they had been on for a couple of years there it felt like a, a very uh put together operation up there yeah no that's great yeah a uh, little little sketchy getting to the school that was the first time i'd ever been to the school i didn't realize how out in the middle of nowhere it is but um yeah but, yeah, but, you, yeah i remember you explaining <laughs> to me this sort of just down a dark and dreary road <laughs> yeah like and all of a sudden off, the school's there <laughs> getting off that exit on 89 it was like am i in the right place like there's nothing at that exit other than the school <laughs> at least yeah. from what i could tell um but yeah that would be that would be my dis- my surprise i guess in, in in division three uh how about in division two who who was your surprise there i think the division two one might be kind of obvious so hopefully i'm not stealing yours as well but uh I've got to go with the, the Milford Spartans. Um, you know, coming into the season, I think we knew Milford had some veterans coming back, but you know they 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 were they were okay in the COVID shortened 2020 season. They weren't uh, a great team. I think they got um, I think they got nipped a couple times when they didn't expect to be, and and uh, so coming into this season, it's like we knew they were going to be good. I I, I never would have thought that they would have been, you know, the path that they took, right? Which was, you know, you beat Plymouth round one, you beat an undefeated Leb round two, and you come, you know, mere points away from being a state championship team against a Timberlane team who probably would have been a, a very successful division one team this year. 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh no, no, I was just, I, I was probably just going to add something random that wouldn't have added value. So, <laughs> so go uh, right ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't. This was a tough one for me because, like you said, De- Milford definitely, um, you know, given their their youth, I think on the roster too, um, they certainly had great senior leadership, but they didn't have a ton of seniors this year. Um, yep. But I, I think they would definitely be on the list. I, there were just a lot of teams that I I think performed, um, you know, above maybe what we expected. I mean, I, I think about you know St. Thomas uh, bouncing back from a, from a couple of uh, a, a down years there, um, you know, to to make the semifinals. Um, you look at um, Manchester West uh, having one of their best years. You know, threatening, yeah. threatening for a playoff spot before they had to cancel a couple games late in the year. Uh, Sauhegan yep. bouncing back, or or I shouldn't say bouncing back, kind of reloading with uh, from their their championship a year ago with a bunch of young kids who you know, and their their potential um, rise back to the top of the division in the next couple of years. Um, I'm trying. To, I, I'm knowing leaving somebody out. You know, Hanover and Lebanon both having the years that they did. Both of them were, were pretty successful this year. Um, yeah. But, there, yeah, there was just – I guess maybe that's – it was a collective whole was just that, that you know, looking at these teams and, and you thought they might be good or could be good, and they all kind of lived up to expectation, I guess. Yeah, I, I actually – I almost went with Sauhegan. Yeah. I, I almost went with Sauhegan um, because I, I think they were very young – and they, they they were certainly not the biggest team in Division Two, uh, but but it did, but it doesn't surprise me because they've got a good program there and they've got a lot of athletes. Uh, they're going to be very good in the coming years. It's it's kind of scary to think, um, you know, how well they might do in the next couple of years. But um, but yeah, you know, it, it, you make a good point, Joe, listing all those other all those other options off. Right, I, I had completely forgotten about West, which is stupid because we we mentioned that at least two or three times. Yeah. during the season this year. But you could make an argument that Division Two was really kind of top to bottom, one of the most entertaining leagues Yeah, of the divisions this year. I mean, it, it, they, they really did have an entertaining year in D2 this year, and it was very difficult to tell week to week, you know, who might win. Um, I, I feel you like know, you too... could speculate, and we always did, but <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't one of these things where, like, you had your couple few runaway teams and then everything else was just like, ah, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Very entertaining. Yeah, I, and I, I think part of that too. Just I, I, I feel like Division Two may might have been the one division with the most games, uh, games lost to COVID too. I, I don't know. It, it feels like that way. I mean, because you look at, you know, um, as we mentioned, West uh, losing their games against Sauhegan and Milford. Uh, Lebanon had lost the game. Lebanon and Bo had a, a game canceled. I think there was another one. Um, or no, I think yeah, Kennett lost the was going to lose a couple. Then they they ended up playing a Monday night game. I I, I um I'm drawing a blank yep. on who it was against, but yeah, a Monday a Monday night game. Um, you know, to to try to make one up there. So yeah, I mean, I I feel like there was that might have had a little bit to do it because you just looked at the standings and and you weren't quite sure. You know, okay, well this team, this team could be in it, but they've only played five games while everyone else has played six or seven. So yeah, it was just I think that added a little bit to it as well. Yeah, it was harder to nail down. So how about um how about in division one? Where was your big surprise there? Uh it, it was similar. I, I think there's a number of teams that you could pick. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go absolutely. like 
I'm going to go really obvious here, but I, I, I don't think it is though. And, and, and I'm going to go with Londonderry who yeah. ended up being the champs. Um, and, and I think we covered that, you know, pretty good last week, but it was just that whole idea that, you know, nobody really was going to have Londonderry on their list of favorites to win. I, I still like coach Lozen's quote of saying, you know, we did it and we did it without any household names. hundred percent agree. Right. Um, I mean, you know those kids' names now, um, and I and I, I think it, I like the way they get it done. I mean, how many times would you say to yourself, "Hey, a premier impact quarterback like Washington goes down, and they're still going to win a state title?" Yeah, and the kid that yeah. steps in for him is going to is going to get it done his own way. Um, and I thought that was a really cool story this season, um, and, and and a big surprise. Yeah, and it wasn't just that, that you know, again, I think we, we talked last week, it wasn't just that, that Drew Heenan stepped in. I mean, he was, I mean, he picked up right where, where Washington, uh, you know, left off, I think, being a, a, a key focal point in, in their offense. Um, there, yeah. there aren't many backup quarterbacks that you could, you could especially in high school, at, at any level, um, that you could ask to do that and, and, and expect and get the, get what you got that this year from Londonderry. Um, yeah, and, and Heenan got it done. You know, in the in the Salem game, it was with his legs, and then you could argue in the championship game, it was it was making key completions yeah. at important points yeah. in the game. You know, so uh, you know he proved he could. He's, he wasn't a one dimensional guy as a backup, right? It's not just oh well, yeah, of course he's just a he's just a tailback that they have back there catching the snap, and you know he'll carry the ball twenty times. Um, he, he was, he was, he was a factor. And so if there was a player, you know, you, maybe you'd even point to him. Right. So I definitely agree with you, um, that, that Londonderry is on the list of, of surprises. Uh, I'm going to go though with, uh, with Bishop Girton. Um, you know, they were, uh, I, I don't want to, you know, in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, they were able to do this, this, and this, but I, I just remember, you know, being on the sideline for that that second game of the year against Salem, where you know Salem was went into it number one in the power poll. Uh, you know, we had them pegged as one of the top teams, one of the favorites uh, going into the year. And you know, not that I, I actually had. I feel like I had somebody ask me. You know, when I said I was going to go to that game, I was like, "Oh, why are you going to that game?" You know, kind of like expecting that that Salem was going to kind of do what they had done to Nashua South the week before. Um, yeah. so, I mean, that, that result was, was one of the biggest surprises of the year. Um, you know, and, and, and certainly that got Bishop Girton kind of rolling and, and, you know, they had a very successful year, um, with, with, again, with kids that are, are underclassmen. So I would expect them to be, you know, in that same spot, um, you know, more of a spotlight on them going into next year, but, but certainly, um, you know, with a, with a pretty good chance of, of being one of the favorites, but, yeah, they were definitely a team that that I um, I was impressed with what they were able to do this year, especially given um, you know the style that they were playing. You know, you you see spread teams and you expect that you know to to be you know chucking the ball all over the place, but they were they were probably one of the more physical teams I think um, I think I saw last year run out of that spread offense. Yeah, yeah, they really were a spread to run. And they really weren't even messing around, you know. I mean, a lot of the spread teams, even when they are run first, they're they're reading things, you know. They're they're running sort of um, 
read option type stuff, whether it's off a of zone or power schemes or whatever. But that they weren't they weren't messing around. They were just in a lot of cases. I mean, maybe they were reading things. It's not like I dissected the film or anything, but like they were just physically pounding the ball at people. You know, see if you can empty the box out a little bit and and just bang that quarterback, uh, Santa Soso. And I forget the running back's name, but he's a beast too. Charlie Bellavance, yeah. Bellavance, like, and it's like it's just like the two-headed monster. Um, yeah, that, that's a that's a good pick too because um, I don't think a lot of people expected them one to be as good as they were, and two to play the way that they would. So, uh, so we also wanted to go uh, a little bit in the other direction here too. We're not we're not going to do one for every division. Right. We don't want to. We don't want to dump on too many people here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it positive. We'll, we'll try to. Yeah, we'll try to be as positive. But, we, but you can't. I can't. I don't think you can wrap up the year without kind of looking at it and saying too. You know, maybe who was uh, your your biggest disappointment, or or maybe what what team did you think was going to be better and 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 turned out to to not have the year you were expecting them to have. Yeah, I, I think everybody, anybody that would remember going back to, you know, the the first couple of weeks of the podcast, we're doing, you know, we're doing our previews and we're talking about what we expect from different teams and stuff, would know I was a liar if I didn't say this one, and that would just be Nashua South. Yeah, that's that's where I was going to go to. Yeah, and and I feel bad saying it because I, I, I'm I'm a fan. I, I like the program there. I, I, I know some of the coaches, not well, but I mean, I've interacted with those guys um, in the past and, and, uh, but I think they, they, on paper, they, they, they were so talented. Yeah. Um, and they seem to have all the pieces and for whatever reason, it just didn't click. And that happens in high school football. It happens in the NFL for yeah. God's sake, right? It, it does happen. Um, and it's hard to say why, you know, I mean, it, you're not at practice every day. You don't know the adversity that maybe a program is dealing with internally, whether it's injuries or, you know, chemistry things or, or whatever it might be. Um, but it, it happens. But yeah, when we were looking at them on paper, knowing who was coming back and some of the talent that they had and, um, you know, certainly the, the quality of the coaching that they have there, you'd say, yeah, man, they're, they're easily a top three or four team. Um, if not a top two team and, and it just never materialized. Yeah. I know, I know from the games that, that I did see them, um, this year, you know, it just seemed like, there were times in each game where, you know, one bad thing would happen and then it would turn into another bad thing and then it just kind of snowballed on them. Um, you know, yeah. it just it just all of a sudden, you know, you look up and it's holy crap, we're down by three touchdowns. How did you know, how did this happen or, or some, something along those lines? Um, you know, but yeah, I definitely agree. They were they were a team that that, um, you know, like you said, on paper, you know, looked like they were going to be. Um, you know, contending for a playoff spot, and it just for whatever reason didn't didn't work out there. I also want to add too, um, you know, because when, when I when I sent this the, the email to you and I said biggest disappointment, I I was kind of thinking team wise, but I also want to add in there and and just we couldn't finish up the the podcast this season without me complaining about this again. My biggest disappointment was not being able to see multiple championship games uh, at one site. Um, you know, this year that I was very disappointed that they were spread out all over the state at the same time um, on the same days. So, yeah, that that that's I would add that to my list of disappointments, too. 
Yeah, and I think for me, you know, the, like a, on the topic of a personal disappointment, kind of like what you just added with the, the, the venue issue, uh, I was just disappointed I didn't get to see more of Division Three this year, quite honestly, and, and yeah. particularly Pelham. Um, you know, that, that was a really, really good football team. I would have loved to have been able to see more of their games and, and speak a little bit more about what they accomplished this year from a, a, you know, a, a standpoint of having seen it. Uh, but even looking to see if there were games online and things like that, I, I, I you know, maybe it's just because I, I suck at looking for stuff online, but I, I couldn't even find anything in that way. Um, so I, I'm a little bummed that I didn't get to see um, a Division Three game this year, or, or even uh, more specifically, like I said, just just to see Pelham would have been interesting. So that, I, I'm kind of bummed about that. Yeah, it was definitely a, a tough year. It felt like for for me to to try to because when I like, there's a lot of, that goes into deciding what games to cover week to week. You know, I, I I try to go off of, you know, who's who's signed up for memberships. That's kind of the the leading one, um, which is you know similar to like how newspapers have their coverage areas. I I've got people. You know, I I, I want to make sure I'm covering the 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 teams for the the people who ha- have signed up for membership. Right. You know, and then and then also consider, you know, the quality or the potential quality of the matchup. You know, is it a big game? Does it have um, playoff implications, that kind of stuff? And then also location. Um, You know, it's tough, you know, when when good games are over an hour away, you know, um, it's a a lot of time to be driving to and from something. Um, Right. But yeah, I mean, it was just it was tough for whatever reason to get out to some of those games. Yeah. you know, especially when you know how how good Pelham is and what they were able to do this year, it's you know we we talked about competitive games at the beginning of the year, but I mean they really they really didn't have one this year uh, because of how how dominant they were. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I would have liked to the chance to have seen that live, you know, to assess that, to look at those players right, yeah. and say, yeah, you know, they're as good as any in the state. And yeah, I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Was there any other thoughts on on twenty twenty one that that um, you know that that we haven't mentioned that you know anything that stood out to you as as um, I mean obviously we had the you know the concerns with with or, or the questions on what we we're going to do with uh, the COVID cancellations and all that stuff, but you know anything else that really kind of kind of dominated this year that that uh, you saw. You know, I might go back to something that I think we said in either the very first. Um, episode of the show this year, or, or maybe in the second, you know, we speculated a little bit on what was it going to be like, right? Last year was sort of an abbreviated season. They certainly didn't have a, a preseason uh, to speak of, you know, in terms of scrimmages and, and practice sessions that you have in August. It was it was a very different kind of year. And I think we talked a little bit about what that would mean for this year. Would it mean the quality of football in, in the state would be down a little bit? Or did it mean, hey, you know, the the players and the coaches are really going to have a new perspective on just how precious the time together is and the time being able to play and, and, and be with your friends and be with your coaches and stuff like that and, and come out and, and really, um, really put on a show. And I, I honestly feel like we saw that, the latter, right, not the former, which is, you know, would the, would the quality of the, of the performances be down? Um I thought that there was there, the games that I watched and saw. Um, it just seemed like there was an atmosphere where everybody was really enjoying themselves. Everybody was working hard. There was a lot of heart 
uh, going on out there. And, and it sounds weird to say, right? Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be like sticky sweet or anything here. I, I really mean it. Like, you can, it's an intangible that you can kind of see in the way that the kids are playing, right? It's 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 sort of late in the season. A lot of times, no matter how much you love the game, you know, it's it starts to wear on you a little bit. It's it's physical. It's a grind. It's repetitive. It's very technique oriented. And I, I didn't see that uh, that that wear happening for a lot of the teams that I watched, right? I saw a lot of enthusiasm and vigor and heart. Like it, it just shows in the way that the kids and the the coaches approach the game this year. And so I, I I was really happy to see it. It's just, I guess that's my way of saying I'm really glad football was back this year. I know we had our, our bumps and our, you know, little cancellations and things like that. But for the, the kids and the coaches that put so much effort into this game, uh, it was a lot of fun for those of us watching to see how much you loved being out there getting it done. Yeah, definitely. There, I feel like the you're right, the enthusiasm uh, level was, was very high. Um, throughout this year, I want to I want to bring up um, something that's a little more, um, I guess I guess play specific. Um, you know, we had a, a lot of times this year where it seemed like, um, you know, I, I know I know going in. I think going into last year, we talked about like what you know what would a lot of these pass first teams look like having not been able to have their seven on sevens over the summer and and yep. had a lot of preseason to get ready for this stuff and. And it definitely, I think, played a part in, in, you know, what last year looked like. Heading into this year, however, you know, I was, I was, or going through this year, um, you know, one thing that kept catching, kind of caught my eye a lot was just, you know, outside of the teams like your Winnicott and, and Londonderry and, and Milford and, you know, the, the teams that were, were there at the end of the season, I think the one thing they really had in common was that they played really good defense, uh, and I think, you know, leading up to that, there were a lot of teams that were contenders or, or, you know, fringe playoff teams that, that, that was maybe what, what differ, um, separated them from those other teams was just what they were able to do defend. Could they get a stop? Could they get off the field? And I'm wondering, you know, is that a flip? Is that in any way, um, an effect of COVID and losing a, an off season, or is it more, you know, now we're a couple years into this later start, um, the more restrictions on practices and hitting. Um, you know, I think it's been talked about at the NFL level, um, you know, on the uh, and cutting back on the number of, of padded practices, um, you know, going into the season, in the preseason. So I'm wondering if that was maybe, I mean, it, it just was something that, that I, I felt like, you know, kept showing up. It's like, wow, this team kind of struggles a little bit getting off the field. Wait, so does this team. Wait, so does this team. So I'm, I don't know if that's a trend or if it's just, you know, again, because of the situation with, with um, the restrictions from last year. No, I think it's a really good observation. And if you're saying, hey, it seems other than some of these elite teams that um, defenses are a little, a little, you know, they're, they're finding it more difficult to get off the field. Um. I think it absolutely is going to be a side effect of some of the rule changes and, and, and the loss of some of the time because, you know, offense, you can go out, you can, and I coach offense for a long time, right? So this is in no way disparaging the offensive side of the ball, right? But you, you can go out, you can get your timing down, you can do certain things. Defense is very, very 
technique oriented across the board. It's 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 a very meticulous thing. It, it requires, I think, a ton of coaching. You know, you can you do a lot of your offensive coaching on game night. It's not to say you don't do the, the planning and stuff during the week, right? You do, but you do a lot of your offensive coaching on game night. You do a lot of your defensive coaching during the week and during the preseason, right? Teaching the mechanics, teaching fits, teaching techniques for tackling and block destruction, all these different things, right? You, you really, really are immersed in that stuff defensively. I do think it hurts a little bit. Um, and I think that's where you, you said you find like some of these teams overcame it. Some of them, some of them did not. Uh, the, the teams that are really, really well coached will be those ones that will overcome it, right? They'll, they'll still have the good defenses no matter what, because they won't, um, What's the right way to put it, right? They 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 won't de-emphasize it. They'll find a way to get some efficiencies in practice where they can continue to work stuff. Where right. you know maybe a less experienced staff won't really know how to adjust as well. So I, I do think there's something to that, Joe. Well, hopefully we'll we'll see that change a little bit next year. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of change next year. To be to be perfectly honest, um, you know, as we talk about um, 2022. Uh, there's, you know, going to be discussion this week on uh, what the divisions should look like. Um, of course, it is uh, the the 2021-2022 school year is the end of um, one of the two-year cycles for the NHIAA. So there'll be a lot of movement next year in all sports. Um, but I guess the biggest thing so far is, you know, the news that, um, you know, that Roger Brown had on uh, New Hampshire Football Report um, on on Monday was that that right now it looks like there are 21 teams that are going to be in Division One. Um, you know, partially you know you, Timberlane will be moving back up uh, from D2 after after being down for this this cycle. Uh, and next year, I mean, uh, this rule was put in place at the beginning of this cycle, but it really doesn't take effect until next year. But it's um, there's there's a rule in place now that if you drop down uh, a division. That doesn't have to do with you know for a reason other than enrollment. So you know you, you your program has struggled and you want to move down, um, you petition down, you were then ineligible to make the playoffs in that first year that you were down, and then the next year if you do make the playoffs, you have to go back up. So yeah. so basically, you know you've really got to I guess be pretty bad and if you want to stay down and you really need to fix your program. But because of that, um, there are no teams that were in Division One that have petitioned down um, this for this coming cycle. So that again leaves us with 21 teams for Division One, uh, which I guess my my first reaction is why does it have to be 21 teams? I mean, they're they they set the you know it's not like these enrollment cutoffs are you know determined by some outside factor. I mean, they're determined by the NHIAA. Um, you know, and there's a clear, I think, line in Division One where, you know, with with the exception of BG, which does put, put rightfully petitions up, um, you know, every school has an enrollment of over a thousand, with the exception of Wyndham. You know, why not make the cutoff line a thousand, and you know, maybe right. let Wyndham go down for a cycle, or, or you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I just, I don't understand that. Um, you know, or if they want to stay up, then let them petition up and then figure it out. Right. I just I don't um, I don't quite understand just looking at it and saying, oh, no, we got to have 21 teams. This is just the way it is. Um, yeah, it seems really arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. Especially like you said, when there's no there's no 
no forced idea that like uh, the line has to be here or there, right? I mean, you could just say, hey, it's it's the twenty teams with the highest enrollments, and the next X amount of teams are Division Two, and then the next X, you know, whatever you wanted to do, you can do. Yeah. So clearly, it was made with some sort of um, end in mind, but I, you know, darned if I know what that is. <laughs> Um, you know, and the, the other, I mean, there's a couple of different, um, I know ideas that have been floated out there. Um, actually Wyndham's coach, um, Jack Byrne has, has got a, a, a proposal out there that would kind of, that would divide the 21 teams in division one into division one, a and one B based off of win percentage, which I think is something that has to, I mean, we can't, I, I think the, the days of, of just looking straight at enrollment and, and just saying, this is what we're going to use. I I mean that I think that that needs to be changed a little bit for for certain sports you know football is one of them I think lacrosse is another um, hockey might be another one as well I haven't looked into that one quite as much as the other two um, but but Jack's proposal would would divide the ten teams with the best winning percentage over the last couple of years and then eleven teams that aren't haven't been as good the last couple of years and then have them play in their own kind of separate divisions, conferences, whatever you want to call them, and then cross over a little bit for the playoffs. Um, yeah. Which I, you know, as I read more and more about his proposal, which is actually also a link to that, is also on uh, on the New Hampshire Football Report. Um, you know, it's it's similar to what I was had kind of been envisioning myself, um, like they could do for lacrosse, uh, with with splitting up schools, uh, the bigger schools, into to a one A 1A and a one B. Um, my question, though, would be for, for what What do you do with the rest of the divisions? You know, because you look at Division Two, and you could say the same thing about some of those programs. You know, there's definitely teams in Division Two that are in the same boat as as you know maybe your your Timberlane and Alvern and and Memorial and Spalding. Um, you know, that have struggled for some time. So, I mean, would you divide Division Two up that way? Uh, you know, would you do maybe? go back and, and put three and four back together and maybe divide that up the same way. Um, right. You know, so I, I think I think there's a lot to figure out uh, between, you know, now and, and, and whenever this is supposed to be done. Um, and hopefully there's a lot of thought put into it, and it's not just, you know, we're just going to patch it together and this is, you know, how we're going to go. Um and and I guess with that said, it, it makes it a little tough to kind of kind of look at at uh, next year and say, hey, this is this is the favorite, this is the favorite, because we really don't know what um, you know what the format's going to be. Right, right. And we've said a number of times, both on and off the the podcast, that you know the the first thing to acknowledge is that there's no there's no perfect way of doing this, or otherwise they would have figured it out some time ago um, and, and been doing it that way, right? But they're I, I'm more in favor of them experimenting with different formats and taking the risk of maybe irritating some people or making some people unhappy. I mean, hey, it is what it is. But take the risk and, and try some different formats out and see if something clicks. Uh, I, I think it's too easy just kind of say, well, you know, uh, enrollment's the thing. And and that's that's really easy to lean on because it's what we've done in the past. And, oh, by the way, you can't argue with it because the numbers are just the numbers. Right, so it is what it is, and nobody can complain because you cut the line here, and that's just what it is, and it's it's objectively measurable. But you know, the 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 format you were just talking about that 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 Jack Byrne proposed is something similar. Like I played in that format back in the the early and mid '90s, 
not exactly like that, right? But they put something together in the old sort of like class L days, right? Which is like right. division one now. And they just split us up into, into, into um, three groups of six. So you had division one, a one B and one C. And it was based on your winning percentage over a certain number of years. Right. So division one, a, for example, was I, I, I played for Merrimack. It was, Merrimack, Londonderry, Pinkerton, Salem, Concord, and I'm forgetting one of them, Nashua, Unified Nashua, right? And then 1B was another set of teams, and 1C was another set of teams. And like you said, you know, you played those games, you crossed over a little bit. It wasn't perfect, but man, it was it was tough. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you didn't really have a lot of games where you were going to roll somebody up. Yeah. You know, it, you, you, were, you were getting your nose bloodied every week, and... Um, and it was competitive. So, you know, there's, and I'm sure there were things that, that people didn't like about that. Just like there are things that people don't like about what we do now, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess my thing is I just, I would like to see them try something a little different. You know, again, I, I think it's sometimes it's too easy to say, Hey, you know what, if we just do it by the numbers and the math, nobody can argue with the numbers and the math. So it's just easy to do that, throw that out there and then we'll get the least amount of complaining yeah, I get it. Believe me, I don't like complaining either. But, uh, but, but you know, hey, try something new. See if it sticks. It's only a two-year commitment. Right. That's the yeah. That's the biggest thing. Is it's like it's not like, you know, it. it I feel like sometimes that you know the argument is like, oh no, this is forever. No, it's not forever. It's for two years. It's just just yeah, try it's for it for two years. years. And if it doesn't work and the feedback is bad or the interest is bad or more programs seem to be suffering than benefiting, then you have every reason to go and take another crack at it. Right. But I, yeah, I, I think there's, there's so many different things that you could do and I don't, I don't think there's any shame or, or problem with, with giving something a try again, as long as you're, it's thoughtful and it, you know, there's a reason behind it. It makes sense. There's a, there's a formula that you're trying to apply to what you're putting in play. I mean, it's, it's part of the fun, right? Well, that, that said, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, if we were to uh, to try to figure out who's going to be uh, the favorites going into next year, I mean, I think the team, at least in Division One, you have to put right at the top is 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 got to be Londonderry. Um, yeah. You know, they they do lose some key seniors, but I mean, a lot of that team is returning. Um, you know, for next season, so I think that would be kind of your your maybe top team going into it. Um, you know, and I, I would put, um, you know, I'd put Bishop Girton up there, too. I know we, we just talked about them a little bit. They are also were a, a pretty junior-heavy team. Um, you know, Nashua North, same thing. Um, they're going to have a, a lot of pretty good uh, athletes returning. Uh, anyone else that you think would be um, would be up there uh, going into next year? No, you took my other one, which was going to be Bishop Girton. Uh, uh, I, I think that that's, uh, that's a good early call. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I th- and you know, I think I mean obviously Exeter is always up there. Um, you know, Pinkerton has some pretty good juniors returning. I'm sure Salem. Yes, will. they do. Pink- Pinkerton yeah. actually is another. Uh, um, y- Yanako is back. I think Albert is back. Yeah, yeah, as I think well, they're too. both juniors. Yeah, both juniors. Yep. Um. um yeah. Sa- Salem, I'm sure. I mean, the last decade or so, they just seem to find kids that um, just step up and and play hard. And I'm I'm sure they've got a ton of sophomores from this year. That um, you know that, that it got experience that we don't really know too much about. Um, that'll that'll step up. Um, so I'm sure they're a team that'll probably be in the mix. Um, yeah. So I'm. I, it'll be. 
it'll be interesting to see how things kind of work out. You know, in, in Division Two, I would think that Milford, um, like I said, they, they do graduate some really good seniors, but they got a lot of kids coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, Plymouth, again, is always a team that's that's in the mix. Uh, Bows were usually right there, too. Sauhegan, we talked about, you know, as being a young team. Um you know that that was that that kind of exceeded expectations. I think from for at least our our expectations. Yeah. Um, certainly, probably not uh, Coach Bouquet's <laughs> expectations, but but um, you know I think they would be a team to watch. And then and then you consider too that Pelham's probably going to be moving back up um, to Division Two. That would be my guess at least. So you know they're they're in there too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Long yeah. Long. I I would have I would have led with Sauhegan and Milford as well. Um, you know, both were good teams this year. Both really exceeded expectations. Both pretty young, relatively speaking, right? I mean, every team loses good players every year to graduation, but they're both to weather it, it seems. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and who knows, uh, in a couple of weeks when they've got this all figured out in terms of uh, the divisions, maybe maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll jump back on and, and do a special uh, realignment podcast. Uh, I'm sure that's what's really got uh, everybody excited um, in the off season, right? What, what, talk, talk a little um, classification and realignment and enrollments and all that fun stuff. Well, it's like I said to you before we started, we started out on the air here, quote unquote. Is I think it's a great idea for a show because we could either they'll either do something very different, and we can debate the heck out of you know the pros and cons of that the whole show, or they'll they'll stick with the same old, same old, and we can complain and talk about all the things they could have done better uh, for the whole show. So either way, it's bound to be entertaining. <laughs> uh, all right, well... <laughs> <laughs> to us, we'll be entertained. <laughs> yeah. So we'll give you that to look forward to in the new year. Um, any other final thoughts before we uh, we sign off for 2021? No, thanks for having me back again uh, this year, Joe. I had a blast. Yeah, thanks for doing it, Mike. I appreciate it. Appreciate all your insights and, and your time. And, and um, yeah, we'll, as long as you want to keep doing it, we'll keep doing this. Let's keep it rolling, all then. All right. He is Mike Lockman. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening to us. Everyone have uh, safe and healthy, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, and, and a safe new year. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in 2022.